Ag State of Mind, episode 44. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Today on the show, we have Tara Haskins. Tara is a nurse practitioner with AgriSafe. She currently lives in Louisiana. We talked to her about her new role with AgriSafe and their total farmer health program that she is kind of heading up. Uh, Really excited to talk to Tara. I love when the paths of healthcare and agriculture cross. That's kind of where this podcast comes from. So really excited to kind of talk to someone with that same perspective. And we're going to be talking up her upcoming webinar. We'll talk about when the date is on the podcast, but I'll, I'll mention it here too. It's on July 30th this week at 12 o'clock Central Daylight Time. So make sure you head on to over to AgriSafe this week to check that out. The, the title of the webinar is Mental health and farm and ranch country, how communities can help. And I think that's a, I think it's a really good thing to be talking about right now, how people around agriculture can help those who are involved. I think it's a really important topic and we spend a lot of time kind of going into the different layers of that. So stay tuned for after this episode. I have some really exciting news about next week's guest. If you've been listening before, you may have a certain idea of who it is, but stay tuned. I will talk about it in the outro. All right, Tara, welcome to the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. I always love to get a nurse's perspective on things. Uh, Listeners of the podcast will know that I have a special place in my heart for nurses. My wife is a nurse. I work with a lot of nurses at the hospital, so uh, I I have a strong affinity for, for you all. Well, thank you. As as well as we do, those of you uh, working for us in pharmacy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's mutual. mutual. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh So for the folks that don't know you and your role is is pretty new with uh, with AgriSafe. And we've we've talked to the girls from AgriSafe before uh, Linda and Charlotte on a ahead of a previous webinar that they had a couple of months ago when COVID was first started. rearing its ugly head. So there are uh, people are, I think, pretty familiar with AgriSafe, but go ahead and uh, kind of let everyone know who you are and like how your journey went and how you came to be with AgriSafe. Oh, sure. And uh, let me say that Linda and Charlotte are uh, wonderful, wonderful ladies that have really kind of trailblazed AgriSafe. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of standing on their shoulders, uh, I guess, as I'd like to say, but Um, I am coming to AgriSafe as of this summer, so this is a relatively uh, new role for me and a new role in AgriSafe as a total farmer health director. AgriSafe has been growing exponentially over the last few years, adding products, adding services, serving more populations and and people in the agricultural farming ranching uh, industry. And so as the needs have grown and the focus on mental health 
as you well know, is at the forefront of uh, most of our policymakers in Washington and on the forefront of the minds of our communities, and particularly the story in agriculture. Um, it was decided that they wanted someone with some mental health expertise and experience, and so I've been brought in to do that, as well as man some other new projects that are coming on board. So it's, it's, it's exciting for a nurse that's been around for 33 years. I'm really excited about the role. Yeah, so a thing that really connects me with AgriSafe as an organization is their combination of healthcare and how it affects the people in agriculture. And, you know, that is, that's the perspective that I'm coming from it, coming to into this with as, you know, a mixed perspective. I understand both sides equally and I'm equally affected by those both sides. So that's why I've found just this, this love and affinity for, for AgriSafe because it is a bunch of healthcare people trying to help farmers. Like that's, you know, that's really exactly what we're trying to do. And that's, that's really cool that there's an organization like AgriSafe out there. Right. And, and there are a lot of people doing work that, that, you know, have a foot in both healthcare and agriculture. Um, but I think that's uh, what drew me to AgriSafe when I met Natalie at one of the National Rural Health Association uh, policy meetings in Washington, D.C. when we first met. And she talked to me about AgriSafe and shared with me their total farmer health model, which I think is fabulous. Um, I've always been a big proponent of holistic health, mm -hmm. not separating physical health as far and psychological health or mental health, whatever terms you want to use for that, because I think they, they go hand in glove. We can't separate them. And unfortunately, years, years, years ago, that, that was sort of the approach. So I like the fact that for the agricultural community, they looked at these holistically. And um, uh, after getting to know Natalie and working alongside her and sitting in senator and representative meetings for our policy meetings with National Rural Health Association, it became very clear that what they were doing was really sort of unique and very comprehensive. And those, after several coffee chats and dinners with her, she invited me to do their AgriSafe Nurse Scholar Program. Uh, while I was still working at the university and I jumped at the chance because it was an opportunity for me to enhance my own education about agricultural health. I'd been a nurse for 30 plus years, but you just don't get everything in nursing school or in a hospital as far as health that affects some of your agricultural communities like sure. zoonotic diseases and uh, you know, special PPE. And so it was, a, it was a great program. And if there are any nurses out there listening to this, I highly recommend it if you're looking to expand your knowledge and expertise in agricultural health. It, it was a great introduction. And so that relationship and uh, communications with AgriSafe eventually uh, rolled into this opportunity and and that's why i'm with agrisafe so so the i just want to clear everything up the natalie you speak of is natalie roy who is yes, the founder roy. of agrisafe uh yes i think yes she is the the agrisafe director and mm -hmm. is um, leading the charge and um is wonderful about uh, looking forward, having the long view for what needs to happen in agricultural health 
and she's got a great team that's around her that are just as passionate and that makes for a really great organization. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. Natalie is, uh, I've spoken to Natalie, not on this podcast, but outside of, of the podcast several times. And, uh, she's the real deal. She gets what needs to be happening in regards to rural and agricultural mental health and health in general. So that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, this isn't something I prepared for you beforehand, but I do want to talk a little more about total farmer health. Oh. Um, the kind of the thing that you have been kind of brought in to, to head up here. And I find that the, the holistic view, we talked about this previously, and you mentioned it, is is something that I really want to try and get across to people, that your mental, your physical, your spiritual health, all those things need to be this cycle that work together, and it's not something that necessarily is separate from one another. They're all feeding off of one another, and I, I, I love that you use the word holistic because that's the way I view our health. Yes. And they've even looked even more forward for farmers and people in agriculture because the total farmer health model not only includes what we would consider physical health care with our physical body, but they also incorporate wellness, which is exercise and diet. Uh, They also address in the total farmer health model finances and Mm -hmm. whether and weather effects, because we know that that directly impacts uh, the stress that farmers and people working in ag experience. Right. Those, we were just, those, are, we were, those are unique stressors for that population. Right. We were just talking about, we were just talking about each of our own uh, rain situations and how we were dry <laughs> for a little bit and how we were getting rain here and, you know, that like is a sense of like a calming blanket to me to know that we're getting rain in the last part of July. And, but I, and, but I know that not, that's not the case for so many people. And I've been there where it's been a stressful to look out and see crunchy drying grass, you know, grass fields and pastures and, you know, wondering if you're going to have to start supplementing your herd early, uh, you know, for someone who's, who sure. row crops, you know, the, the yields are going to go down dramatically if you don't get the rain. So yeah, it's all these things are intertwined. And I, I think it's just wonderful that this, there's this approach that you all are taking to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, um, it's a wonderful approach. It's a good way to frame the conversations. They have webinars that span all of these different topics. And the, the strength with AgriSafe is that they've developed so many wonderful relationships is that they are able to bring in experts in those fields that really get the information to the farm producer, to the farm worker, and to those working in, that are in ranch ranching and and also I would like to add uh, forestry too because sure. that is a that's a production that's a production agricultural business too and so we, we can't forget our foresters <laughs> because yeah. they are all experiencing the same pressures and as we see with whether it's uh, natural disasters weather financial impact. I mean, COVID-19 is a good example that's affecting every one of those industries in a way that we would have never have imagined in a million years. Right. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And like all these things being linked together and I'm super happy that the total farmer health is, is addressing that. 
Yes. So we'll we'll talk about your webinar in a minute, but 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 before we do that, I want to talk about the challenges you see from your unique perspective in in mental health in rural areas. I mean, it's been well documented that in rural areas, in the agriculture communities, in all these places, that access to to mental health care and the the stresses of that are, are affecting our mental health are widespread in in rural america and a lot of times the the need is much higher than can be met with what we've got going on. So I want to talk about you talk about some of the challenges that you found. And then, you know, we'll talk about your webinar and kind of the solutions that you see coming, coming up. Um, sure. Um, and this is actually one of the objectives that I'm going to cover in the webinar next Thursday, on mm-hmm. the 30th of June. But um, you, you actually ticked off a couple of my top two, <laughs> access to providers mm-hmm. and access to care, as well as when you have occupations that are reliant on the economies of our rural areas, which tend to be farming, ranching, forestry, those type of things, and how current economy or, or any economic downturn affects that certainly is a challenge for rural, people living in rural areas. I would also say that another challenge is probably because if someone is farming as their total production business, and I know there are some farmers out there that farm on the side and also carry another job, which is another aspect that sometimes we don't talk about that. Yeah, that's me. That's That's who I (laughs) am. That double load, that double Mm -hmm. responsibility and burning the candle at both ends. But also for those that are are strictly working for themselves, healthcare coverage, Mm -hmm. which can be really challenging being able to afford that. Uh, One of the other things that I see, and particularly this has been addressed the last three years I've been at the Policy Institute, it's the main topic at the National Rural Health Association, and that is the closure of our critical access hospitals in mm-hmm. rural areas. And, you know, since about 2010, I believe my last statistics I looked at, about 129 critical access hospitals. And for those that may not know, these are hospitals that are in rural areas that provide critical services, sort of an entry level into more critical services, usually emergency room stabilization, they can provide some other levels of care, even uh, maternity care, but those closures take resources out of our rural areas that people cannot access, even for mental health, you know, uh, to be able to enter the system, get referrals, get to where they need care, whether it's for uh, suicidal ideation, or just general stress and anxiety, you know, palpitations and all of those things. So I think that has had a huge impact. And and not just when you close a rural hospital, you also lose the professionals in your community mm-hmm. that can be resources for the community mm-hmm. that, that can serve as those sort of health leaders in your church, the people that you run into in the store, the people that are part of the the PTO for the local schools. And so it really drains some of the resource, those other resources for uh, the rural communities. 
And I think probably the other, and you know, we have stigma for mental health. You and I talked about this, mm -hmm. but, and, and there are a lot of commonalities for stigma with mental health, but I think there are some, some shades of, of differences and maybe severity that we may see in our rural areas of not wanting to approach the topic of mental health for, for reasons that we call rural culture, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because, um, because you know everybody in town and everybody seems to know your business. And so it's, it's hard to be more anonymous uh, in rural communities or in, in smaller volume communities. And so I think that men, that stigma of mental health is, I think, more accentuated a little bit in rural communities. That's been my own personal experience. I grew up rural in a mm -hmm. small North Louisiana town. And when I go home, you know, those are some of the things that we talk about. People, people know it's a problem and they want to do something about it, but they don't really know where to start. And I'm, I'm hoping that my webinar can provide some opportunities for discussion, you know, for some communities. And, and while I'm here with the pharmacist, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also know that not only critical access closures are an issue, but the loss of our pharmacies in these small rural areas is huge. Yeah. And, yes. Mm -hmm. That that's really tough because, and I was just, I, I actually have a pharmacy student with me at work this, uh, this month and her and I were speaking about the loss of the small town pharmacies and the, uh, you know, these small rural communities, there used to be a drugstore in town and that drugstore was a part of the community, just like the grocery store, just like the lumber yard, you know, it was a vital part of the community. And so many of these are, are disappearing because of the big conglomerates coming in. Mm -hmm. I used to, my, my brother-in-law, that's the reason I got into pharmacy is my brother-in-law owned a pharmacy here in our, in our town. And I say owned, he sold it to a chain, um, a local chain, but still a chain. Uh, but, you know, he would go and he would, I know a lot of, my dad used to talk about this too, uh, a lot of holidays, Christmases, Thanksgivings, he would go, uh, somebody, a member of the community, one of his, one of his customers, one of his patients would call him during Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and he would, they would, they had a sick kid and they had been to the ER and need a prescription for some antibiotics filled and he would leave dinner and go fill it for them and oh, wow. you know you know that's that's the kind of stuff you can't and I mean I don't want to I don't want to put down any particular organization or company but that's kind of stuff you don't get at your big chain pharmacies in in the bigger towns you know that's that kind of stuff and and, and missing that stuff that stuff going away is harmful for the community and harmful for the holistic, we come back mm -hmm. to that word, the holistic mm -hmm. view of the community. Um, it's just one of those cogs in the wheel that gets taken out and it doesn't roll as well as it should. I, I agree. You know, that same thing has happened in my, in my hometown where my dad lives and he's 72. And so in order for him to fill a prescription, He's having to drive anywhere from 45 to 50 minutes Gosh. to pick up a prescription for an acute problem. Now, he certainly can get medication sent to his home, but where is that level of education right. that, that they need? And, you know, we, we can get as much as we can from our providers. They're wonderful, our prescribing providers, 
but we really count on our, our pharmacy uh, experts to educate patients of, you know, do you need to eat a snack with this because the protein enhances the drug? I mean, there are just so many critical pieces that could get missed. That are simple, but lost in translation. When exactly. It comes, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I, I a hundred percent agree. And that's, I, one, my sister-in-law, who's also a pharmacist said that, you know, the clinical knowledge of pharmacy and of these meds is you know, because they, they think that a lot of times when we're in pharmacy school, we're led to go into like a hospital setting or a clinical setting mm-hmm. uh, to to kind of exercise our, our knowledge a little more. But my sister-in-law said that, you know, clinical pharmacists are more needed than now than ever in the in the community, in the retail setting, because that is that's sometimes the and this is another great, I didn't mean to talk about pharmacy so much, but I'm glad we are. <laughs> the thing about a pharmacist is, and uh, at, a, at a conference one day, uh, one time, they told me this and it stuck with me. Uh, it was, this was probably 10 years ago. And, you know, you go to a doctor and the doctor said, the doctor is going to charge you for coming in and seeing them. You go to a, if you have to talk to a lawyer on the phone, they're going to charge you to talk to you on the phone. You can stand at the pharmacy counter eight hours a day and the pharmacist and talk to the pharmacist and that pharmacist isn't going to charge you a dime. Um, So like in that, so having that part, having a healthcare provider in such an accessible setting is crucial. And um, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this. People, people in rural communities see that as value added, right? Mm -hmm. Because, because it, it's, you know, not that it's free, but um, you know, people living in rural communities sometimes are very hesitant to spend lots of money, <laughs> you know, on things, sure. uh, you yeah. know, uh, and so, so that's a value added. Value added. It. Yes. That's right. It's value added. It's value yep. added. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. You you also hit on something and we, we were, we were talking about it today. We had a panelist meeting. I have a panel that I, as of when we're recording this, it's going to be tomorrow, but when this comes out, the, the panel will be done and already broadcast on Wednesday prior. But uh, we were talking about the stigma of mental health in, in an agriculture community and how, how do we reach the typical prototypical Midwestern 50 to 60 year old man farmer, you know, that, that that's not something they've been super comfortable with talking about. Like, how do we break down that barrier? I know that's the million dollar question. And if there was an imp- simple answer to that question, we wouldn't even probably be having this discussion. You probably wouldn't even be having the webinar because we'd already solved it. But right, uh, right. there's been a recognition in a lot of groups, not only at AgriSafe, but in other partners um, in agriculture that are recognizing that there's a culture of agriculture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and word choice is important. And finding out what is important, just as if, you, if I were working with a patient, if I, can't, if I can't connect with you with what you think is important, then how motivated would you be to participate in your health care, right? And so, um, so I think finding the common ground, looking at the words that we use, uh, there's different, um, there, you know, there sometimes terms can be scary, uh, mm-hmm. mental illness, mental mm-hmm. disorder, you know, when, when sometimes those may not necessarily resonate 
with some people in agriculture. And sure. also, you know, finding out from people in those communities, what works best here? And um, right. so, sure. I mean, yeah, you have to, you, when you I mean true community health means going to the community, finding out what their concerns are, addressing those <clears throat> and working with them to find the solutions because um, sometimes the, the better outcomes evolve out of those communities. I've, I've worked when I was in an advisory council with a 4-H group. I, it was amazing to me to hear the kids and the people in the community define what they wanted to improve and, and draft up a plan as to what, how they wanted to go about it. And, and they achieved it, you know, and it was a group effort. And I think, I think that's the strength of rule. And I think I, in my description of my session, I talked about being your neighbor, mm -hmm. um, which I think is important, you know, helping each other and uh, helping each other in crisis. I, those things are possible. We just need to frame uh, mental health and mental health services in a way that make that less scary and also show them the value of mental health. Um, because some people have been working so hard and so long that that's the last thing on their list, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> you yep. got to get the crop in, you got to get the crop out. Sure. Sure. You got to, you got to get your bills paid. And so finding ways to get those services to them that works with their schedule. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about this. This is some of the thing that we talked about today too. And I, I'm glad that you and I are talking about this in a public, you know, so for other people to hear, because it's, it's really important. And uh, my, on a previous podcast, uh, friend, my friend, Adrian DeSutter, she, she relayed an, an analogy to me, uh, that was brought to her by, I, I apologize. I can't remember the, the gentleman's name where she first heard this from but uh, a gentleman from North Dakota State Extension and they talked about the way to see your mental health see your well-being as a as a farmer as an operator is to view the view the farmer as an asset to the operation list it just like you would the tractor or the barn or the grain bin or anything that is vital to the operation all those things are just are matter none if the if the if the farmer himself or herself is not taken care of. If oh, that's that's great! It, I isn't love that, that good? I yeah, I wish that. I could take credit for that. Uh, but I'll, <laughs> you know, one of these days it'll just be passed down the line. I'll just I'll just I'll probably just believe myself that I took credit <laughs> for it. But 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 no, but no, I, I that's that's. When I heard her say that, that really put it into a different sort of perspective for me in seeing how important it is for people, for, for farmers to take care of themselves. Yes, for the longevity of the farm and to be able to pass that farm on to future generations. Yes, I, I think those things will probably resonate much more clearly than, you know, uh, do these three things and take your medicine and, you know, those, those sure. things just don't resonate. So, right, and, I, right. and I also want to address that the other thing I like about AgriSafe is that they not only address the farmer, which we, we consider the producer, mm -hmm. but they also address the family. And so yes. I, I believe, what is it like 90% of, of farms are owned by families, farm families. Mm -hmm. I mean, ninety six percent. I mean, that's yep. that's ninety seven <laughs> is the is the is the number. But yeah, 
Okay. Okay. Thank you. And so, you know, we can't forget the families because it does have a trickle down effect for the, the kids and, and we want that longevity. I mean, that's the strength of farming, right? Is the family. Sure. That, that's what we love about the agricultural community is it's so embedded in the family. And we, we recognize that the family is an important part of our heritage and our country. And, you know, it's patriotic. <laughs> sure. No, you, you're absolutely right. Yes. Yes. Um, I want it. So it's kind of taking a while to get there, but let's talk about the webinar that you've got oh, coming yes. up next week. Webinar. <laughs> yes. So, um, so this webinar, this is my first webinar with AgriSafe. Uh -huh. And um, this came about uh, when uh, Stacy Jenkins sent me an email and said, we just, I can't remember what the webinar they just completed, but she said, we're getting a lot of requests or a lot of questions about, you know, what can, what can communities do or, or, you know, what's some next steps or, you know, we just need ideas. And so I kind of ran with that and, and I love it because I love working in community health. And so the name of the webinar is mental health in farm and ranch country, how communities can help. And so this webinar is going to be next Thursday, the 30th from 12 mm -hmm. to one central time. Mm -hmm. And we're going to look at some, we're going to talk about the barriers, um, mm -hmm. which may be a little bit more expanded of what you and I kind of chatted about today. And we're also going to talk about some signs of mental distress in the agricultural community that can be very unique that may be missed or would not be your typical psychological DSM-5 criteria mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that we use. So we're going to talk about that. And then um, I also thought it would be really helpful because uh, in my years as a nursing educator, a lot of my students, where they get stuck is I don't know how to start. You know, I don't know, I don't know what I need to say first. And so I thought that might be a great way of giving or, or giving some opportunities, some statements or questions that are just real simple, conversational, that might could get that conversation going if someone is sensing that someone is mentally distressed or is experiencing some stress. So uh, I'm gonna cover a few of those with just some examples. There, there are a lot of them out there. We can't go over all of them. But, and then the last thing I wanna do is highlight some programs and give some examples that have been very successful implemented in rural communities just to get the, the, the wheels turning in those community leaders and family members and um, stakeholders in those rural communities as what could we implement that works for us. And, and I'm hoping that out of that, some creativity could be born and, and maybe some really some really interesting programming, either they adopt, you know, a program as it is, or they may look at it and say, you know, I like that idea, but I think it would work better like this for us. And, and that's that sort of customization that I think is critical to improve the outcomes in rural communities. So, so that's what we're going to talk about on the 30th and um, would love to have all of you that are listening. You can sign up. I, I sent the link to you. Jason, and mm -hmm. you can sign up on AgriSafe. It's free and uh, you can come in and there will be a question and answer period afterwards. And I love question and answer because sometimes people will spark ideas that I didn't even think about. So, um, so that's, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. I agree. The 
few panels that I've been a part of, the most valuable part of the content comes oh, from the question absolutely. and answer session following because there are perspectives that are brought to light that you when when preparing the information beforehand never crossed your mind and that that's the beautiful and that's a beautiful part about because that's that's what you're talking about is you're talking right. about community and that's a beautiful part about community is the ability of everyone to bring their own unique perspective and kind of form this this system this network this this habitat of of different ideas and that's how community is supposed right, to work right you know um there's a wonderful and I wish I could credit her by name, but I've, I've gone with her to the Rural Health Association meetings and the policy meetings, but it kind of, this, this statement stuck with me. She said, you know, rural health may look different, but it shouldn't be less. And, and that just really stuck with me. You know, it's right. It, it may not look like it does in a city. Rural doesn't look like it, like cities, but the, the quality and the uh, level of health care um, and the outcomes from those interventions and programs, it shouldn't be less. We, we, should, we should shoot for parity. So. And that, that, that's why I love an organization yeah. like AgriSafe that, that puts that rural health to mm -hmm. the forefront. And, you know, they're it's no different. It's no less. Mm -hmm. It's no more. It's, it's, but it is, it's equally important to address these rural health because there aren't, there aren't enough people doing it. There, there is a disproportionate amount of people paying attention to rural health as there is to health in urban areas. Not saying, again, not saying that that is, that they're not any more or less important, but they deserve the equal attention. Yes. yes. We want, we want you with so, us and we want you passionate. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, T Tara, it's been a pleasure tonight. Oh, I, I've I enjoyed really it been... immensely. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, this was fun. And I will link in the show notes how people can find this webinar yes. that is coming. It'll be as when this was released, it'll be this coming Thursday, July 30th, 12 to one central daylight time. The link will be in the show notes. I will be sharing it on all my social media pages as well. Great. Great. Love to have all your audience. <laughs> yes, I, I hope so. Okay. So, all right. Well, great. Well, I really appreciated your time here tonight. And uh, I look forward to uh, again, working with AgriSafe, for the, the years to come. Yes, absolutely. Same so, here. <laughs> all right. Great. Take care. Take care. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for sticking around. That was a great interview with Tara. I'm really excited for their, not just, not just this upcoming webinar, but the work she's going to be doing with Total Farmer Health with AgriSafe. That's really some exciting stuff they've got going over there. And I've talked about at length about my love for AgriSafe and I just think they're a wonderful organization, and if I can help them out, work with them as much as possible, I want to. Okay, next week's guest. I am very, very excited for this. This is kind of my, if I wanted to interview one person in agriculture, it would be this person. It's Dr. Temple Grandin. Some of you may know her from her HBO movie, Temple Grandin. She's done great work with animal husbandry, animal handling, and, and even more with autism, autism awareness, working with people with autism to help them live normal lives and help them understand that they are a vital cog in society. 
it was a very intense episode. I'm I'm so thankful for the opportunity that my friend Vance Crow, uh, who of the Vance Crow podcast, he kind of connected Dr. Grandin and I, and I'm so thankful for that, Vance. I I really appreciate the opportunity that you gave me there. So stay tuned for next week. That's um, I am super excited for that, and I'm super excited for y'all to hear from her. Till next week, check us out at Ag State of Mind. I'm Jason Meadows. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.